What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Eagles Gauntlet Podcast. I'm your host, LJ Nessler, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Samuel Goldberg. How are we doing, Sam? You know, I'm fresh from a nap. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. Let's talk some, let's talk some football. In episode six today, we have a more broadening view of the NFL coming up. And first off, I know you are very upset about this. What did you think of Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp on Undisputed the other day? All right. First off, what Shannon Sharp did is an absolute disgrace to journalism, to sports journalists, to the whole uh, sports community that are, you know, trying to journalists just trying to get their foot in the door. Because now that one of their connections called him during a live episode, that trust that relationship with players and journalists, that's going to break after that. And that just made the job of sports journalists a hell of a lot harder than it already is. I want to say so many other things, but, you know, we have to keep PG. Uh, the, The fact that Shannon Sharp decided to call Julio Jones live on television, did not tell Julio that he was live on television, didn't consent to the phone call as well uh it i mean that relationship's tarnished right there like you can't do that on national television like planned or not like you you just don't do that because being a sports journalist as they say that they are you should know what you have to do to talk to somebody that that you now you just put julio jones in a bad spot you put his agents in his bad in a bad spot Hell, you even probably you put the fan base and his fans, his family in a bad spot. So Shannon Sharp, it just, you know, what a disgrace to the sports journalist world. Uh, personally, this is very upsetting. And first off, I want to say for anybody that did not know, the other day on Undisputed Monday morning, Julio Jones, there's been a lot of talk about Julio Jones winning out of Atlanta with, with due respect. He deserves to go where he wants to go. So Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, the two hosts of Undisputed, called Julio Jones and asked him if he wanted to go to Dallas. Julio said he did not want to go to Dallas. He had some choice words for Dallas. And the, the co-hostess, she was freaking out because she was she, she knew what Shannon Sharp was doing. And she was trying to tell Julio they were live on air. What, what what Shannon Sharp did was, as you said, a disgrace to sports journalism. You can't do that, and it, it really hurts the community of sports journalism. And it puts everybody in a bad spot because Julio Jones would have not said what he said if he was live on television. And an agent in the NFL, he tweeted out, this is why I don't let my clients go on Undisputed. Even Shannon Sharp was laughing during the phone call because he knew what he was doing. Like... I don't know how he can consider himself a sports journalist when literally he doesn't even do anything. Like I, I, he doesn't even do anything for the journalist world. He just hurts it. And with doing that, that stunt that, uh, I mean, if I ever become a teacher, I'm showing kids what not to do. That is what not to do. And it triggers me a lot that, Everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. No, this is not fine. 
This is, it's not fine what he did. Like, I don't understand why there's people defending him saying it was planned. Even if it is planned, it's still not right to do. Like, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm so ashamed of Shannon Sharpley. He, I didn't, I didn't have respect for him in the first place as a sports journalist. Then I'm putting journalists in quotation marks because all he does is entertain. He's not a journalist, but it, he he's like, uh, I don't, I, I want to say so many things. <laughs> yeah, I can't say it, but uh, just Shannon Sharp, just do better, man. Like, there's some there's some people that actually look up to you as like that they want to do what you do and. By doing that, you just create more toxic stuff with, with the sports entertainers and sports journalists. Like, do better. You can't do that stuff ever. One comedic thing that did come out of this was the Atlanta Falcons Twitter team tweeted out that Julio Jones wanted out of Atlanta and wrote an article about it, which I don't know why the Twitter team would do that. That's, some, that's not something that does not make sense for a, a team's verified Twitter account to post something like that but that was awful news to see on an early Monday morning because Julio Jones it hurts it hurts his whole market it hurts the Falcons and it just hurts his family and it hurts him it hurts his fans and it's going to hurt sports journalism it really was something that should not have happened in the first place and also speaking of AJ or um Julio Jones, just the, this just came out uh, by Bleacher Report. Uh, AJ Brown is doing his part to try and get uh, Julio Jones onto the Titans, leaving him a voice message and, uh, you know, thanking him uh, for this is, this is when he was uh, going to be drafted. Uh, he left them a message. So that was what? March 27th, 2019. <laughs> and now he said, he sent him a voice message saying, uh, Come vibe with me, bro. If you want to carry the load, you can carry it. That would be a scary duo in Tennessee. AJ Brown and Tolio Jones would be a scary duo. They signed Josh Josh Reynolds in free agency, who's a solid receiver. They have Derrick Henry, who might be the best running back in football. AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and Julio Jones. There's physically no way to stop that trio. They also got Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round, who we talked about last episode. Des Fitzpatrick is a deep ball guy. He might be open for some one-on-one bombs with teams double-teaming A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. That might be the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Might be better than the Julio Jones-Calvin Ridley duo. Uh, that, that duo right there, uh, with the speed, with the speed of A.J. Brown, followed by with the reception, reception ability of Julio Jones, that's a scary duo. That's uh, I'm sorry. You know, no defense is stopping that all game. And Derrick Henry out of the backfield, that only adds a whole nother level. They did lose their offensive coordinator, Atlanta's new head coach, which if Atlanta traded Julio Jones to Tennessee, that would kind of be a funny trade right there for Titans fans. So it will be interesting to see what their offense does look like. But with all those weapons, there's physically no way that offense can be slowed down if Ryan Tannehill plays like Ryan Tannehill is capable of playing. But where do you ideally think Julio Jones wants to go? 
where do you think the best fit for, for Julio Jones is and where do you think he wants to go? My dark horse team for Julio Jones. My biased opinion says Eagles, right? My unbiased opinion, however, the Los Angeles Chargers. Interesting. They have a young group of guys down there. You got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, adding a Julio Jones to that with Justin Herbert. That's a scary offense. That that would really bolster that offense. They have a very underrated defense. They got the Rams defensive coordinator as their new head coach. They lost Shane Steichen to the Eagles, which was a big loss. But with Justin Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and if they potentially added on Julio Jones, that would really, really add to that offense. And that would be just another great addition for a young guy like Justin Herbert having two veterans that have been one superstar and one borderline consistent star for the last seven, eight years. That would be great additions. But you said the Eagles, and obviously a guy like Julio Jones is not on the market very often. It would be an attractive addition. Philadelphia, Darius Slay, who's one of the best corners in football, tweeted out he wants Julio Jones in Philadelphia the other day. I believe it was Monday afternoon. But the thing with Philadelphia and Julio Jones is this. Julio Jones is 32. People are saying, well, he's declining, which is totally nonsense. Julio Jones was injured last year. He had one of the worst years of his career. But in nine games, he had 771 yards and three touchdowns in nine games. He would have had over 1,400 yards if he was healthy. And he had the highest catch percentage when targeted of his career at 75%. The next closest was 69.5% of his passes caught back in 2013 when he's 24, when he was 24. That was eight years ago. Julio Jones is still a superstar receiver in this league. He, I could see the narrative where he is declining if he has another injury here, but in nine games, he just missed a few games due to injury. Julio Jones was a matchup nightmare when he was healthy. But the reason I don't see him coming to Philadelphia, the Eagles are not contending for a Super Bowl. Julio Jones has another two years, I'd say, left of competing at a high level before he starts to become a Larry Fitzgerald guy. The Eagles need to rebuild. They can't give up a first or second round draft pick for a guy that's here for a couple years. Because realistically, what's the most success that they're going to get out of Julio Jones? A divisional championship, a home playoff game, maybe a divisional round game. That's what I that's what I see the best case scenario with Julio Jones being in the next two years. Realistically, if the Eagles wanted to go get Julio Jones, I know they're looking for a first. However, honestly, I think Zach Ertz could be a trade piece as well in getting Julio Jones. I feel like they're just looking for a first trade up, maybe you could do that Colts conditional second round pick and Zach Ertz to go get Julio Jones. Cause you never know what that conditional first pick could do. So that way you're guaranteed two first rounders next year. The way I look at it is you could either throw in the second round pick, the Eagle second round pick, which is a guaranteed second or that conditional Colts pick, which if Wentz plays 75% of the snaps or 70% of the snaps and the Colts make the playoffs, which is both realistic goals and it will happen unless he gets hurt. That pick becomes a first round draft pick. So if you throw in the Colts conditional first, 
second, whatever you want to call it. Say Wentz gets hurt. That's a second round draft pick. The Eagles have the better of the two picks. Say Wentz doesn't get hurt. The Falcons have a better pick. So I would realistically like to throw in our second round draft pick. Maybe Travis Fulgham and Zach Ertz. Maybe a fourth rounder or a third rounder in the year following. Because I think that would be a realistic thing to give up for Julio Jones. And I'm jumping all over that if I'm Howie Roseman. But I just don't think it's realistic. And obviously, everybody wants a guy like Julio Jones. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, and Julio Jones would be a scary trio. But I just don't see us going after Julio Jones. Massive cap space for the next two years. We just don't have that kind of money this year. We will next year. But there are other wide receivers in free agency like Chris Godwin or potentially, I believe, Will Fuller's a free agent. So there are guys the Eagles could go after. And they do want to develop and see what Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager can become. Yeah, I like that. I, I mean, if Howie has an opportunity to go get Julio Jones, he should definitely take it. Um, again, Julio Jones could be a mentor, again, to both Rager and Devontae Smith, along with putting up some dynamic numbers between the two of them, plus Miles Sand- or plus that four, four or five running backs that the Eagles are going to have on the roster this year. Uh Again, Jalen Hurts at the helm, the healthy offensive line. That offense would be pretty darn scary right if, there. If Jalen Hurts could develop as a passer, that offensive line stayed healthy, and Nick Sirianni was – is who Nick Sirianni is capable of being. We add Julio Jones on. That could be a very scary offense. But I just don't think the Eagles are – where a team needs to be in order to go after Julio Jones. And also, if this was maybe a 26-year-old wide receiver, let's just throw age away here. If this was an undeveloped wide receiver, maybe say Stefan Diggs, that didn't really have a say in where he could go. He'd go wherever he was thrown to go. Do you think Stefan Diggs wanted to go to Buffalo? I, I don't know. Like I feel like that whole situation with the Vikings, uh, I don't know. I feel like – I. I felt like the Buffalo kind of forced upon him and he found his best friend in Josh Allen. I'll, I'll say that the two are like, the two are like peanut butter and jelly. Um, they, so, I mean, if a team, if a team knows where you can go to be successful and they trade you there, then yeah, I'm all for it. But if a team just trades you to get rid of you, then I don't know. But honestly, I think, I think Stefan Diggs. Definitely benefited from that Minnesota Vikings trade to Buffalo. Stefan Diggs most definitely benefited from that Vikings trade going to Buffalo. But I just don't think, like you said, that trade was forced upon him. A guy like Julio Jones, Julio Jones would go wherever he wanted to go. He's been on the Falcons since 2011. And he's every year, but three years in his career, he's had over a thousand yards. Julio Jones is a top seven you can make an argument for a top five wide receiver of all time he's going to go wherever he wants to go and the three places I think that are most realistic for Julio Jones we talked about Tennessee I would personally love Julio Jones in Indianapolis if he can't come to Philly for what we talked about that second round draft pick and some players Julio Jones to Indianapolis would be great. The Colts only need to clear up under 1 million in cap space, which is cutting one practice squad guy that won't play. That Colts team, in my opinion, 
is Julio Jones sure of being an unstoppable offense, adding on potentially T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, and then Julio Jones? They got the great running backs with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Himes. You get Carson Wentz the best receiver he's ever had. Indianapolis is the perfect situation for Julio Jones, in my opinion. If Julio Jones ends up in Indianapolis, um, I'll make this prediction now. If Julio Jones ends up in Indianapolis, Indianapolis will win the Super Bowl. Lock it in. That's my that that's it. it it's over. You have the best, you you will have the best offense in NFL, in the NFL. And combined with arguably top five defense in the NFL, it's over. It, it's it that's it. Like you any every NFL team, like including the Kansas City Chiefs. Can just throw in the towel now because the Indianapolis Colts will win the Super Bowl. I do like that prediction, but I would not say throw in the towel because anything can happen. Kansas City was 14 and 2 last year, 14 and 1 with Mahomes. They went to the Super Bowl, then we saw what happened with their line. Tampa just collapsed it. Anything can happen. But I do think Indianapolis would be a favorite to win the Super Bowl. Wentz would most likely win comeback player of the year if he stays healthy. But that defense, adding on Quiddy Pay, they have DeForest Buckner up front, who may be the best defensive tackle in football, not named Aaron Donald. They have Darius Leonard, who might be the best linebacker in football, not named Fred Warner. They got great cornerbacks like Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes, Rock Gossens, a solid nickel, Julian Blackman is solid. I really like where the Colts would be with Julio Jones. And you get Carson Wentz, the best receiver he had, I said it. The Colts may be the best team in football with Julio Jones. But I also wanted to talk about New England because Julio Jones, it's been rumored by trusted sources within the NFL that Julio Jones wants to go to Tennessee and New England. New England got a lot of players in free agency. Nelson Aguilar, they got two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. You got Cam Newton, you drafted Mac Jones. I really think Julio Jones would really take New England to another level. If Julio Jones wants to win, he goes to New England. But New England, historically, besides a few years, ever since the last four years, after the Patriots lost that Super Bowl to Philadelphia, New England kind of lost its offensive swagger. And that doesn't really attract big-name free agents. They got some good free agents. But they lost that offensive swagger, and I don't know if Julio Jones wants to be a old-school receiver in a swaggerless offense. So one thing that concerns me about the New England Patriots is their quarterback situation. Like, yeah, they have Mac Jones. However, I don't think he starts right away. They also have that guy, Jared Stidham, as well. Um, but if they stick with Cam Newton as their starter, I don't see, I don't see Julio wanting to go there. Uh, if Julio wants to win, does Julio Jones even have any Super Bowls? Falcons blue 28, three game. Yeah. He doesn't even have any Super Bowls. This guy, if he want, if he, if he doesn't want to have a Super Bowl in his career, he goes to new England. I don't trust their quarterback situation. I don't know how Mac Jones is going to be. Uh, you really don't know what they're going to do if if can't if Mac Jones is struggling, if Cam Newton's struggling. They don't even know what they got in Jared Stidham. I mean Brian Hoyer, he's a career backup. So their quarterback situation to me is eh. I mean I like their running backs with James White, Sony Michelle, and Damian Harris, but 
I just I just don't like the quarterback situation for the New England Patriots at the current moment. And I think New England kind of blew all their money in free agency, signing Aguilar, Jonu Smith, and Hunter Henry to extensive contracts. I do like the Hunter Henry addition, but the Jonu Smith and Nelson Aguilar addition, they were overpaced in my opinion. The Jalen Mills addition, they overpaid for him. So they kind of kind of blew the money they had. So I don't think they go after Julio Jones. I think Indianapolis and Tennessee are the two most realistic spots. And I would love to see Julio Jones pair up with my favorite Eagle of all time and Carson Wentz. Another dark horse team that I have that possibly Julio Jones could go to. They have enough cap space to do this as well. And it would give this guy a, another incredible weapon on offense. I'm talking about the first overall pick that happened this year. The Jacksonville Jaguars could be an interesting landing spot for Julio Jones. But like you said with New England, does Julio Jones want to go play with Trevor Lawrence or does he want to go win a Super Bowl? That's the question that glares with that. I really don't know how much Julio Jones wants to go to Jacksonville. It's the kind of situation of, do you want to play with Trevor Lawrence and potentially not win in a bad on a bad team, or do you want to go win a Super Bowl with maybe Indianapolis, potentially Tennessee, maybe even New England? So I don't know how much Tolio Jones would want to be traded to Jacksonville. And I don't know how much Jacksonville would want to trade for Julio Jones. And they already have some good receivers like DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel Jr. And they did add Travis Etienne in the draft, who they want to play at wide receiver. I don't know how realistic Julio Jones to, to Jacksonville would be. I mean, they have just look, they have the picks to do it. They do have a couple first rounders coming up in the coming years. And Adding a Julio Jones to DJ Chark, Marvin Jones Jr., LaVishka Chanel, that would be that would be pretty scary, uh, along with arguably the best generational quarterback coming into the NFL and Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. That that would be that would be scary. I that would be that would be nice to see. But I do want to add on you add Julio Jones to any team in the NFL, and that makes them scary, in my opinion. The Jets? You could add Julio Jones, Julio Jones to the Jets, and, and ESPN would tweet out, or Sports Center would tweet out, "Look what the Jets got this offseason." You could make a narrative with Elijah Moore, Julio Jones, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, and Corey Davis that the Jets have the best receiving core in football. I'm I'm not suggesting that at all, but there would be people making that narrative. So I think you add Julio Jones to any team, and they improve a lot offensively. But for the long run, teams like the Jets, Jaguars, potentially even the Patriots, I would not say no, I would not throw New England in that boat, but I would throw Philadelphia on that boat. I don't know how much they look at getting a guy like Julio Jones. Well, speaking of wide receivers here, uh, you know, Devontae Adams, uh, you know, with the Packers, you know, you really don't know uh, what the future holds for him in Green Bay, uh, especially with, um, Aaron Rodgers not showing up to OTAs. However, he did show up to his Sports Center appearance uh, last night. Uh, he said, "Quote: I'm just here so I don't get fined." I thought that I thought that was pretty funny. But um, could we see Devonte Adams on the move in the next couple of years with 
without a without a surefire guy at quarterback. Now, I would highly advocate the Eagles to go after Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football right now, in my opinion. And he is only 28 years old. He has another four years left of being playing at this level. And first off, people want to say, well, we haven't seen it without Aaron Rodgers. That is false. 14 games in 2017, 885 yards, 10 touchdowns, pro bowl appearance. But Devontae Adams, no matter what, is going to succeed wherever he goes. But seeing him on the move, I would love to see him in Philadelphia. A potential trade that we could see is giving up the Dolphins first, the Colts conditional second, along with maybe Ertz and Fulgham. But I also want to add on, I think the Eagles could strike a deal with a team if they give up the Colts pick, if it's this high of a player like Devontae Adams. Say the Colts pick becomes a first rounder, the Packers keep it. But if the Colts pick becomes a second rounder, the Colt, the Packers would get the higher pick of the Eagles second rounder and the Colts second rounder. So, for example, if the Eagles are picking at 47 in the second round and the Colts are picking at 61 in the second round, the Eagles pick would go to Green Bay, if that makes sense. But Devontae Adams, he's a lot younger than Julio Jones. Yes, we don't have the cap space right now, but we can easily clear that up. And there's a long-term future with Devontae Adams. There's not a long-term future with Julio Jones. Yeah, right now, Devontae Adams is signed to a four-year, $58 million contract at the moment. Uh, He's a free agent in 2022. So he's actually on his last year of his contract. I could see Devontae Adams holding out this year if he does not get traded. I would assume he would play just because he's that kind of guy that plays, but he could hold out. But I, I do think he hits free agency if Aaron Rodgers is no longer in Green Bay and if Jordan Love is not the guy. That would detrimentally hurt my fantasy team, and Sam would have won that fantasy trade. But <laughs> I think my receivers in fantasy are fine either way. I just got George Kittle this morning. Anyway, Devontae Adams, I think, hits free agency. And the Eagles would have a ton of cap space, about $25 million in cap space. I'd advocate getting Devontae Adams there, and I would kind of wait to see what we can get, not give up any picks, get Devontae Adams, maybe Chris Godwin in free agency, maybe we trade up and get Kayvon Thibodeau or Derek Stingley. Who knows? We have so much capital to do something like that. If Hurts is the guy, go get Devontae Adams 100% and pair him up with Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith. I would love that. Yeah, and especially this since, since he's on his last year of his contract, I mean – their quarterback situation at the moment, they're going to have three guys battling for that QB1 spot. Jordan Love, Blake Bortles, and Kurt Benkert. Jordan Love has the job. In my opinion. Jordan Love wins it? Easily. I think Jordan Love easily wins it. I don't know. Blake Bortles comeback season, baby. Let's ride. Let's Bortles! ride that train. <laughs> you, know what mean, show, you know what show that's from? The Good I Place? I actually don't know what show. Oh, the good place. I I thought I recognized that from somewhere, but I, I I honestly couldn't. I honestly couldn't remember. Yeah, but I just I don't think Blake Bortles has that it factor about him. I think if they were in a win now mode and those are the three guys, it would be Blake Bortles. But lose if Aaron Rodgers is not there, they're not in the win now mode at all. Give the keys to Jordan Love. You drafted him in the first round. That would be an embarrassment to draft him in the first round over potentially T Higgins who could was a great receiver as a rookie. I think that would be an embarrassment to not 
give Jordan Love the guy unless you saw something awful with him in practice, which we don't know what they've seen in practice. We've not seen him play an NFL snap yet. But I do think Jordan Love wins the job. I mean, their defense is still pretty good. I Who knows? Who knows? what? The, we don't know what the Packers are going to be without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Jordan Love could step in and absolutely just torch the whole league. He could be the, he could be the next coming of Patrick Mahomes. Or he could just be like a Jake Locker type of guy who retires in five years. We don't know. Interestingly enough, coming out of college and Nevada, I was super high on Jordan Love. And just the skill set he had, I kind of compared him to Mahomes. I was not saying he could is as good as Mahomes or anything. I just said the skill set he had is similar to Mahomes. So I kind of do like that comparison. But I think Jordan Love is kind of that next coming of Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, whatever you want to call it. Now, I don't think he'll be the player Aaron Rodgers was. We didn't think that of Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think that of Jordan Love. I don't think that'll happen two times in a row for the Packers. They, they had Brett Favre. They drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Rodgers turned out to be a Hall of Famer. So was Brett Favre. I don't think they'll get three Hall of Famers in, the, in a row. I think they will cool off. But I do think Love will be a good quarterback in the NFL. But I think he still will be that laughing stock like a Mitchell Trubisky is. But transitioning on from the Packers quarterback situation, is it weird saying Aaron Rodgers is not a Packer? It's kind of, it kind of feels weird. It does. I mean, how do you, how the fact that the, the fact that Green Bay has an MVP quarterback and they don't give him wide receivers and yet he still puts up MVP numbers and they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to go. Yeah, we're not going to go draft a wide receiver for you. Now, granted, they did draft one in the second round, but he's gone. Your MVP caliber quarterback is gone and now you're screwed because if Bortles doesn't plan out if love doesn't plan out green bay is going to be in a very bad spot for the next five years i agree with that and i think aaron Rodgers, honestly i think he could retire and be the jeopardy host i could also see him getting traded but i just i don't know with aaron Rodgers. we really don't know what's going to go on there that comment you quoted earlier, he's just there so he won't get fined. That kind of makes me feel like he still has plans to play in the future. But then Aaron Rodgers also said that it was nobody in the organization. It was me. Obviously, that's a notorious breakup line right there that everybody says. But I kind of just have that vibe that Aaron Rodgers doesn't really want to play football anymore. And after the last two years, 13 and 3, being the best team in the conference, making it to the NFC championship game, and then getting absolutely steamrolled. That I think that has to take a huge mental toll on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, now you're leaving the Packers without a leader on that team. It, the Green Bay is not going to be too hot for the next couple of years. I agree with that. And finishing off this episode, I want to talk about Deshaun Watson, a kind of topic that's cooled down lately. What do you think – do you think we see Deshaun Watson on the field this year? No, absolutely not. I think uh, I there's no way we see Deshaun Watson on the field at all. I If – the only way we see him on the field is if he cleans his name. But at, at the moment, 
it's either going to be a Davis Mills-led team or a Tyrod Taylor-led team because Deshaun Watson uh, got himself in a pickle. I mean, how many massage therapists do you need? Like, my God. apparently. <laughs> but look, just looking at the roster uh, without Deshaun Watson, this team could still – you don't know what Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills could turn into. Again, I mean, solid team, solid line. Tight end could use a little bit of a little bit of a overhaul. I mean, Jordan Akins is not the best type of guy. And then who the hell is uh Kahel Warning? So I you gotta you gotta upgrade that tight end spot a little bit. But their wide receivers, you know, Brandon, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kiki Kuti. Kiki Kuti had a nice uh, end of the season. Uh he's a he's a solid number three guy. Uh, they also added Mark Ingram as well over the offseason. So they have David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, another guy that they added. I honestly, this, without Deshaun Watson, I don't see this team being an eight-win team, maybe border, I think borderline, maybe six, seven wins. Because uh, Deshaun Watson will definitely not be playing football this year. Well, speaking of their wins, Houston, please just win enough games so, so you're not bad enough to get Sam Howell. Please just do that for me, Houston. I would not want to see Sam Howell ruined in Houston. Thank you. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, Houston Texans. Um, anyway, Deshaun Watson, where do you think somewhere he could end up is? I can't stand the Deshaun Watson to Philadelphia rumors with the outrageous trade packages that people are saying like, yeah, let's trade our three first rounders, Miles Sanders, Travis Fulgham, and Zach Ertz for Deshaun Watson. Like, yeah, let's just trade our whole offense in future for a, for a quarterback that might not even play because his name is still not cleared. I've like, seen, I've seen people, Eagles fans say, I've seen a lot of Eagles fans say that right now today they'd give up. All three first rounders, this our second rounder, a third rounder than in 2023, Zach Ertz and Travis Fulgham for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, they're out Just, of their minds. They need to be put in a psych ward. But the thing is, we don't even know if Deshaun Watson can play. And yes, he's a top three quarterback in football if he can play and he's only 25. But the thing is, we just gave up Carson Wentz, who A, he's just as talented as Deshaun Watson. He's not played as good as him last year, obviously, but he's just as talented as Deshaun Watson. But the thing is, you're not, you don't give up a franchise quarterback and then go trade all your assets for another franchise quarterback. The Eagles, if they do move on from Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, it is through the draft. It is through getting Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, or maybe Phil Dracovic, who we talked about. So those are probably my three top three quarterbacks. You got the guy from Liberty who's good. But I really do think we could see something out of Jalen Hurts. And I want to see what we have with Jalen Hurts. If he develops as a passer, he has all the tools to be a very good quarterback in this league. But right now, I'm kind of on that Sam Howell hype train, like trade up to get Sam Howell. That's probably where I am right now. I was just watching a couple clips from practice today. My man, Jalen Hurts, was rifling the ball today at practice. I mean, my goodness, he had he had some firepower behind some of the balls he threw today. But uh, also looking at Deshaun Watson in 2020, uh, didn't have he had himself a heck of a year with the team that he had, uh, almost or 4,800 passing yards, led 33 the NFL, touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Led the NFL in passing. I mean, he he is he. Don't get me wrong, he's a great quarterback, but I don't want 
I, I feel like he'd be put in a worse situation if he were traded to the Philadelphia Eagles because our future and assets would be gone. Exactly. You could. Would you rather have a team with Jalen Hurts and add on Derek Stingley and potentially um, a good defensive lineman or like a Kayvon Thibodeau? Or would you, want, would you want to go back to that Carson Wentz situation back in 2020, 2019? Because it would be the same thing we were in 2019. Maybe we have a better coach in Nick Sirianni and a better staff. And maybe we have a healthier team and maybe Devontae Smith and Riker or something. But we're basically essentially in the same boat where we don't have any weapons. And the only way to get weapons is trade our quarterback. And then we'd, we'd be throwing ourselves back into where we currently are because then we'd have to trade Deshaun Watson. We have nowhere near the assets to trade for Deshaun Watson. Exactly. It would be like a relapse for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, 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 if they trade for Deshaun Watson, oh my God, I, I would be the most angriest person. Because only casuals want the Eagles to trade for Deshaun Watson. I do not want that to happen. And also teams have their best shot at winning a Super Bowl in like 2017 with the Eagles and Wentz was in his second year. You get a franchise quarterback like Mahomes in 2018, 19, and 20 on those young contracts. Lamar Jackson in the last couple of years, you get a star quarterback on a rookie contract and you're able to put weapons around him and free agency. That's when you have your best shot at winning. Well, really looking forward here uh, to the 2021 Eagles team. I really can't wait to see what this team does. And even today in practice, Devontae Smith was talking about uh, Nick Sirianni and the coaches saying the coaches are giving clarity in what they're doing and why they're doing it. Like they love what they're doing. Devontae Maddox just came out and said like he, he loves the, he loves Gannon. He actually explains what his role is going to be this year and just what he's able to, what he's going to be doing this year and how, and Avante Maddox also said, quote, I feel like I, I actually have a part in this defense and I will actually be used to the best of my ability, which that's huge coming from a player like Avante Maddox, who we're really critical of. He needs to have a big season for this Eagles defense. And one last thing I want to add on. I think Avante Maddox is a good player. He was thrown as an outside corner. That one play that really stood out to me last year in that Seahawks game where he had amazing coverage on Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett just lost him. There was nothing Avante Maddox could do. Tyler Lockett's one of the best sideline receivers, toe drag receivers in football. Maddox was on perfect coverage. Avante Maddox against smaller receivers. Granted, Tyler Lockett is a small slot receiver, but there are very few slot receivers like Lockett in the league. Avante Maddox, I think, would have a great season. And Josea Scott is another guy. They can compete with Maddox. And I think they brought in Scott as a depth guy to bring the best out of Maddox because we gave nothing up. We gave us up a sixth round draft pick and a Wawa employee in James Houston. who <laughs> I've never heard of before this day. <laughs> James Houston was never, he, he hasn't played a stat for us. He wasn't even our, on our practice squad. So we give up a Wawa employee and a sixth round draft pick who might be another Wawa employee for a good college player in oh. Hosea Scott. So I uh, love that Wawa player. <laughs> It, 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 that old 2019 meme with the 2019 Eagles Wawa practice squads back. <laughs> that oh my god, that that's gotta be that's gotta be quote of the year. <laughs> Real quickly before we wrap up here, uh, just to give a brief, just to give a brief little sneak peek into what's coming up next episode. Uh, who do you think is going to have a breakout year for the Philadelphia Eagles? Breakout year for. Uh... 
one could say Jalen Rager, one could say Josh Sweat, Dallas Goddard. Those are kind of the three names that stick with me the most. For me, it's going to be Rodney McLeod. He's going to come to life in Jonathan Gannon's defense. I can't wait to see what McLeod will do with Gannon's defense. I really like that uh, Rodney McLeod pick there. One of the best cover safeties in football. He's, he's a Philadelphia Eagle through and through. But anyway, that about wraps it up for the sixth episode of the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. Thank you guys for sticking around for this entire episode. A little bit of a shorter episode, I guess you could call it. I guess it was already around 40 minutes. Time did fly. But anyway, thank you guys for coming out. Sam, any last words you want to add on before we hop off? Yeah, LJ, you know, it's been a pleasure recording episode six with you. I can't wait for episode seven with the best podcast in the business. Let's keep rolling. Let's keep let's keep pumping out episodes. Thank you guys for tuning into the Eagles Gauntlet podcast and have a great day, night, whenever you're listening.